tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And I'm Trey Ware. He is Sean Rima. We are, um, uh, what, what, are we, we what do we call are, this show? Uh, what, do we, what do we call it? I just forgot. Uh, what is it? Uh, no, I lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, your train of thought? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Cut number four, <laughs> Pete Buttigieg on oh, the ground God. yesterday in Ohio. Both information and misinformation injected into this situation, uh-huh. none of which is to the benefit of the community right. uh, when it comes to that misinformation. Uh-huh. So I think... Oh. So I lost my train of thought. I lost um, my train of thought. Train of thought. <laughs> Excellent, dude. Well done. You're a class act. Uh, walking around God. in all the chemicals in his Bruno Mollies, by the oh, way. Oh, my. <laughs> He's so gay. Hey, at, at least they weren't. Hey, 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 wait a minute. At least they weren't high heels. They weren't high heels now. Well, they might as well have been, man. I mean, you know, he's just, he's so gay. He shows up in a, to a chemical spill yes. with expensive leather dress boots. Yeah, uh, Bruno What Mollie. a putz. Mm-hmm. Bruno yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and look, Jack nailed it last night. I heard Riccardi saying this, that Buttigieg got this position thinking he would really never have to do anything, right? Well, of course. He could sit on his ass and have nice lovey-dovey strolls That's through, how it works. Georgetown with his husband, with his hubby. Check the boxes. And, uh, but he never really figured he'd have to do anything. Nope. And so he hasn't. And and it's, man, watching them just spin this thing. Oh, my Trump's God. Fault. If you, you silly roots oh my Palestine, God. if you hadn't voted for Trump, this wouldn't have happened. I watched, oh uh, I watched ABC uh, yesterday, and they made him look like Churchill. The pictures, and they had the the, the smoke in the background all Ugh. faded out, you know. <laughs> and there he is, standing with his fist in the air like he's this Churchill against Hitler. Yes, yes, oh, yes. God. This was on this was on KSAT on ABC last night, man. Building no. him up to look. Now, this whole blaming of Trump. Oh, man, this was good. This is really good because uh, Jake Tapper had the NTSB chairwoman, Jennifer Hammondy, on. Uh, I'll tell you something about being a pilot and about NTSB. For years I've read the NTSB reporter. They don't mess around. They are not corrupted. They right. are not weaponized. They get to the bottom as, as to what happened. And so Tapper had her on, and Tapper gave her this whole line about, hey, had they not been deregulated in the Trump years, man, this, this would not never happen. You know, and she said, nope. That's not true," <laughs> she said. <laughs> it would have happened anyway because it was a ball bearing. It had nothing to do with brakes, which is what was deregulated. Right. It had nothing to do with brakes. It had to do with a ball bearing that caught on fire that caused the train to derailment. It would have happened anyway. Oops, oops. Well, it's they're they're so pathetic through this whole thing. Whether it's Buttigieg, whether it's the 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 idiots on the View, or any all manner of media types and politicos who are again like you spinning, talking about how great Pete Buttigieg is. It's been what thirty days? Has it been thirty or twenty or thirty days? Twenty days, th- three weeks. Twenty days, yeah, three weeks since this happened, and through most of that time, he has acted put out by even having to talk about it. He didn't talk about it at all for the first uh, what ten days. 
until you know, and the only reason he was there yesterday, and you know it, is because Trump went there went there the day before. Yep, and uh, that's and, right. And people were in love with him, and mm-hmm. so they got they got to shove Booty's ass out there and his dress Bruno Mollies. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if I he mean, got him from OJ. <laughs> maybe Sam Britton stole him from uh, stole him uh, yeah, for well, him. You know, too. I don't know the, the tranny guy, but you know it's it, it, they shove him out there and he looks so pathetic. Oh my and god, weak. it's horrible. And it, yeah, and what's what's you know the insult injury on that with as bad as all that was yesterday in his speech, he had three weeks to prepare. But what was yeah. he doing? He was busy slamming white guys. Too many white guys building high, highways. We have oh, too many white god. guys building. That's what he was doing for three weeks when he could have been preparing for to to talk about this deal yesterday instead it was a crap show yesterday it was horrible it was it was embarrassing it was it really i mean in a sense it was really embarrassing as an american citizen that the guy who is no longer president is the most presidential person in this entire experience and everyone to a person from the uh, from the biden administration looks horrible they look like they, they're every bit the elitist pukes that they that we believe them to be I saw an elitist walking through that stuff yesterday that has affected people's lives perhaps for generations. Oh, and yeah. He, he just had this look in his eye oh, like, yeah. I can't believe I'm here with these people. Well, let's, <laughs> let's go to a cut, too, Jimmy, because this is why this goes on. Ted Cruz asked the question yesterday, what the hell does Pete Buttigieg have to do to get fired? I've said over and over <laughs> again, I know you feel the same way. He's not going to get fired. They don't fire any of these people no. because they check the boxes, and they are super proud of this. Listen to KJP yesterday. The cabinet is majority people of color for the first time in history. The cabinet is majority oh. female for the first time in history. Uh. A majority of White House senior staff identify as female. Forty percent of White House senior staff identify as part of the racially diverse communities. And a record seven assistants to the presidents are oh. openly LGBTQ+. So, again, oh, this oh is boy. something that the president prides himself on. So here's the deal. We've said it over and over again. It doesn't matter if you have a competency level. All that matters is that you check the boxes. Are you gay enough? Are you tranny enough? Are you this enough? Are you that enough? And if you are, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you can do the job. What matters is do you check all the boxes? And that's why you have the mess that we have right now. Well, yeah, you know, and and look, if if, if you really want to focus on Trump's deregulation, uh, these people have had two years that they could have rolled any one of those regulations back uh, or attached new regulations, and they've done nothing, okay? Uh, this was the ball bearing in this one train. Uh, but how many derailments have we had since he's been in office or since uh, Buttigieg has been the, the Secretary of Transportation? What, upwards of a 1,000? Oh yeah, and it's he's more, done more than nothing. That. Yeah, it's more so, than that. So you know, he's it's, at this point, yeah, more than that based upon the rate. Yeah, and what has he done? Nothing. He's done nothing. Right. No. He's no. He's breastfed. He's been chest feeding his right. kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got fake boobies, and he uses those oh, to, to to breastfeed his child. He took seven yes. months. Off, he took seven months off in the height of the of the uh, supply chain crisis. Um, and, and yes, I've been saying this from the very beginning. When he started to blame Trump for this last week, I said, you know, he said, well, it's all Trump's fault because Trump put this, uh, deregulated this and all that. And I said, wait a minute, hold on. 
They didn't say that when it came to the border. They changed Trump's policies in one day on the border, and look what happened. And the same is true with the oil business. They changed Trump's policies on the oil business. We were oil and energy independent, and Uh. they changed them in one day. So had Pete Booty thought that the rail situation was was bad enough that he needed to change it, they could have changed it in one day, just like they did with the border and the oil. Yes, they could have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that the whole blaming Trump thing is 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 very dysfunctional and embarrassing. And and you know it, what really gets me is there's not is there's so few reasonable thinking people on that side of things. The the way they just all lockstep just glom on to whatever the talking point is. You and I have talked about this a million times. They're all saying it's Trump's fault. They're all saying, well, Elaine Chang didn't get tre- or Chow didn't get treated this way when she was head of the uh, Department of Transportation. Why is he getting treated with this uh, ill-faith stuff? You know, they all just, they do. All ships sailing in the same direction, and nobody's thinking on their own. Nobody's going, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> we just blew up a train or allowed a train to be blown up that was filled with toxic chemicals and our transportation secretary hasn't been there, hasn't said anything about it. This is kind of screwed up. Not one, there, there's no reasonable thinking people on that side anymore. They no. all just no. lockstep, just just goose step right. right towards whatever the, the right. talking point is. All radicals. Back in a minute, more Warren Rima coming up, KTSA. Springtime in South Central Texas is a beautiful time. Nation. News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Let's go to Nolens, Louisiana. Here we go. Patty LaBelle. It's uh, 719. It's Funky Friday. Here I am with my brother Sean Rima. Trey Ware here. We are Ware and Rima. You know, we were uh, texting each other yesterday. I, I, I did a, I'm a courthouse freak, kind of like you are with the weather. I, I, I love to watch uh, live court coverage for the most part. Um, I just find it all fascinating. That having been said, the coverage of the Alex Murdoch trial yesterday, I, I I am still mystified. I was texting you this. I can't believe they're going wall to wall with this on Fox. There was no commercials, no interruptions, uh, and I actually did spend most of the day watching it. Um, the the when his lawyer is talking and uh, uh, interviewing him on the stand, it was really kind of. There was nothing surprising there. You just watch the guy who's kind of going through the motions. You know, he's emotional when he needs to be emotional. He's clear when he needs to be clear. He's trying to seem, you know, really, um, I don't know, like when he, about stealing money from his clients, which is really what the focus was yesterday, I think, to establish that the guy's a soulless piece of crap. Uh, and it really didn't get interesting until cross-examination. And once, because at that point, once the other lawyer came into it and started going after him, you saw the lawyer in him really start rearing its ugly head. Now, I don't know if the guys, everybody's presumed innocent, right? But uh, what was interesting about that yesterday is in lawyer ease, he kept giving the same answers over and over again, uh, no matter where the guy came at him from. And what was really, really, and I'll, I'll shut up, what was really interesting about the cross-examination, the most interesting part is when he tried to establish that this dude looked a whole bunch of people right in the eye 
and assured them things were fine while he was stealing from them. One, an underage, uh, a minor, yeah. a teenage girl, and one, a quadriplegic. Yeah. And he was trying to establish, you have this man has the ability to look you in the eye and lie his ass off. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you wouldn't know. He's fooled every single client he stole from. Why should we believe him now? It was brilliant. It was a brilliant act of, uh, or, or move of lawyering, if you will. <laughs> you know, because he's trying to out lawyer a lawyer. Right. Uh, and it would, I mean, it, now the, on the, on the coverage, did you, did you think it was too much? And secondly, did you watch it? And what, what oh, were yeah. your reactions? No, I, yeah, definitely. I watched it and I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't think it was too much in that. Um, you're, you're now down to the nut cutting as we call it in Texas. Right. So you're now down to the, to, I, I don't get involved in these cases in the minutia and all that early on stuff. And I very rarely watch, I'm not like you or Elaine and I get sucked into those kind of things. What I do is every once in a while on a Saturday night, if Dateline's on, I got nothing else to watch. I'll turn on Dateline. And watch you know, <laughs> right. those, those old episodes. It's a once in a while but, thing. Yeah, right. yeah. But this thing sucked me in. I got pretty interested in it yesterday. And and my thoughts, just 35,000 feet, because I don't know anything about trial lawyering or, and I don't, as I said, I don't follow these criminal cases like you do or, or Elaine does. So I'm not real sure about the, the tactics and all that. I know that there are. People that are trying to trip you up while you're up there, because I've been on the stand and they've tried to trip me up before, and it, I know they're trying to do that. And all you do is you just tell what what you know. I don't know if this guy did it or not. I suspect he did. I suspect he really is the guy who caused this. Uh, I suspect he might be the guy who uh, took out the the housekeeper as well. Uh, but I think that was the only thing they could do from a defense standpoint, just looking at it, Sean, because I think he was convicted before the trial ever started, right? He's a monster, and everybody feels like he's a monster and all that. And so they put him up there to kind of humanize him, let the snot run down his face and let him cry a little bit, right? And then and then this phrase opened the door for at least all you got to do is have one juror that says I got a reasonable doubt, right? And so yeah. um he said I would never intentionally do anything to hurt either yes. one of them ever ever. <clears throat> and that opens yes. the door. I I think I don't know anything about it. You do. I don't. I, I I think that that would open the door for a lesser charge if you have one juror who's got reasonable doubt who says, "No, oh, wait a minute." Maybe it was. Maybe it is manslaughter. Maybe we ought to talk manslaughter right now instead of cap one. You know, I I I think that's obviously what they are going for. I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I really if that's all they got, if that's really their plan, their game plan, I they they're really rolling the dice big time. I mean, I know the standard is is pretty low in a sense of only needing needing to get that idea of reasonable doubt into one of their heads. It's all it takes, even, right. even if you're just going for a mistrial, you know what I mean, to, right. to start all over again. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think it's going to work because I think he came off really, really bad under Cross. Uh, I, I thought he was horrible under Cross. He, he really looked like a snake. Uh, well, he is and, a snake, right? Uh, I mean, he, he yeah, pretty well, much we is, know right? he's, he's convicted yeah. of, of the theft and all that yeah, stuff. And, and he had opioid addiction and all that and yeah. he admits to and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the guy's uh, – he's, he's pretty much a horrible person, you know, when you look at well, him. Well, that's an established fact, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, so the, what, the, what, the, what the prosecution was doing yesterday 
was really trying to establish the fact, again, that he can look you in the eye and lie right. his ass off, which means he's either a sociopath or and a they psychopath. Did it. And they did Because it. the crime we're talking about is shooting your own kid and your own wife. Right. And he did that. I mean, they did that. They were able to establish that he would look at you and, and lie. Yeah. And I understand. Which is what the, yeah. Yeah. And I understand there's a lot of evidence, too, including a Snapchat video that his son shot that places him there at that time. He was right there when it happened, right? So Yeah, and they found a bloody shirt at his mom's place. I mean, it's the, the evidence is really pretty, pretty overwhelming. High. Yeah. You know, so again to to kind of get if you can get that reasonable doubt about intentionality that's maybe, it. but I but that's a big roll of the dice sure. in my opinion. Right. And I watch a lot of this crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think that that's right, you know, and and, yeah. and and all I do is I read it, and when there's one that's well, really interesting, like the OJ thing, you know, that right. was going uh, on, I was doing afternoons here at yeah. that time, yeah. and I did that all day and then had to come in here and talk about it, you know? Yeah, I, I used to love court TV, and, uh, you know, I again, with this guy, the evidence is so overwhelming in a sense that... This is their early, their only shot. <laughs> you know, this is the, the, the only thing they really got going. You so, know what I mean? what's the motive? Why'd he do it? I, I was thinking about that yesterday because on the surface of it, obviously the idea is that he did it because he was about to go under financially. Uh, you know, he was still in, in very bad straits uh, because of his illegal activities. And uh, the feeling is that he wanted to make it look like his family was murdered so that the one son would get the life insurance and could live off that the rest of his life. That was his intent, is what the prosecution is saying. Uh, anybody who would contemplate that is a complete and utter psychopath. Yeah, there's something weird about that. Uh, if you if you can stand over your own child with a shotgun. Uh, and then uh, your wife, or I don't know, we don't know, allegedly we don't know who, who got shot first. You know, you're a psychopath. You're, you're not a human being. Well, uh, obviously, obviously, if you're going to do that. But, uh, I, you know, he, he said there was no life insurance on the kid. There was no life insurance on his wife, Maggie. There was no life insurance there. So he would have to die to, for anybody to get the $12 million that was well, on yeah, him, yeah. right? But and he, then, and then well, he he's supposed to shoot, shoot him. himself. Well, yeah. Yeah, or, or the other guy to shoot him. Yeah, right, right. A friend, a friend shot him. And, uh, and I guess that's maybe what was going on, is just, uh, make the whole thing look like, uh, some bad guys came through and killed them all. I guess I don't know. I guess that's what was going I, I, on. You know, in any in any event, if if any of the if this is true, if it's true that he did it, okay. For me, it's like even though legally you'd have to show intent and all that, I don't care why he did it. The fact that he did it, <laughs> you know, right. if if it proves if allegedly if it comes out that he did it, or they uh, they they uh, you know convict him of it, whew, man. You know, whatever screwed up thinking he had going oh, on. Oh, sicko wicko, man. Sicko you know, wicko. It, it, allegedly, yeah. if this is the way it went, you know. Oh, so totally. I, but, it, it, but again, cross-examination, I thought, was very, was fascinating yesterday. That that Because you had two lawyers who are very good lawyers just kind of yeah. oh, du- duking I, it out. I, I really, totally agree. You know? I, I think the moment, though, that he was looking for was to say intentional. I did not intentionally yeah. do that. And what that does is it gives at least one jury 
Again, it's it, well, it really is rolling the dice, but it gives one juror an opportunity to say, "Well, then let's let's go for manslaughter on this." And so he but, does twelve years instead of the rest of his life, right? But but it also speaks to his guilt, absolutely. Sure. Okay, that he would do that, right? We'll take, <laughs> you know, right. We'll take a quick break. More where Rima coming up. I want to tell you about BG Products, the best for your vehicle, the best service you can get for your vehicle comes from BG Products, as in boy girl, like BG. And I'll tell you, they're great inside the engine. That's the best protection you can have. Um, what it does is it binds itself to the parts inside the engine so you always have great lubricity. And you don't have to worry about the wear and tear and the heat and the friction and all that kind of stuff because BG is in there continuously providing that kind of, of great lubricity inside the engine. And then they've got a product that cleans out the entire fuel system from the tank down through the lines into the injectors, the valves and everything are completely cleaned off and then lubricated so that you get better performance out of your vehicle but maximum fuel mileage okay this is really important and you don't you don't buy the stuff off a shelf and put it in yourself like so many other things a, a lot of them are just a lot of those products are just junk watered down not bg it's strong it's powerful it does a great job and wherever you have your oil changed, whether you take it to a guy that's got his own shop or whether you take it to one of these quick places or whatever they've got the bg product just ask for it bgfindashop.com when you hire funky friday go play that funky music white boy <laughs> you won't get a job in the white house because you're a white boy but you know you can play funky music right well unless you're a white trans yeah, well, okay. there you go and wear dresses and steal them at airports oh my god <laughs> okay okay uh 736 wear it right with ktsa now i have something i want to talk about with your with your pleasure sure. uh because sure. it it's not like um a contemporary news story like the like the the train or anything like that but it is a cultural thing and it may have i think it's got obvious implications for our culture and the future but i think it also has implications possibly possibly in the spree killing stuff that we're seeing uh pew research came out with some polling yesterday now showing that six out of ten young men are single 63% of men under 30 are selectively single. That's up from 51% in 2019. And it's erotic alone time while, why they're single. Um, they are watching a lot of porn at home by themselves and getting a lot of their needs met without having to go out and meet women. This is according to psychologist Fred Rabinowitz um, and doing this Pew Research polling. I think it's starting to be a habit, he said. Men prefer an evening alone instead of actually meeting a partner. The psych professor at New York University, Niobe Way, said we're in a crisis of connection, disconnection from ourselves and disconnection from each other, and it is getting a whole lot worse. The male numbers sharply juxtaposed to 34% of women under 30 who now say that they are single as well. And another factor at play in the research, the interest of women are changing. Uh, suitors of the same age are becoming apparently less desirable. Women are looking at young men and they're going, <laughs> nah, man. nah, nah, I don't think so. So women right now would rather go out with a bunch of friends than have right. a, than have a horrible date. And the largest issue with young men, and this is impacting their social abilities and their psychology, and this is where the spree killing thing may come in. I don't know. They're more lonely. Uh, in the early 1990s, 55% of men reported to have six or more close friends, and that has gone down to 27 this year. 15% of men said they have no close personal friendships at all, that they're just alone watching porn in their room. 
women form friendships with each other regardless of whether a man is involved or not. Yes. I just, I just find, <laughs> right, right. So I just find, and I, you know, again, it's not one of those contemporary issues, but I think this is a, this is sociology. This is our society we're dealing with. We have a mass change happening with society. And at the same moment that, you know, young men are lonely, home, watching porn, not having any close friends, not having a relationship with women, we've got them going out and shooting places up too. Well, yeah, I, you know, and I, I, I agree with all that. I mean, uh, uh, you know, you look at, uh, I look at when I, I was in my early 20s, in the early 90s, mid-90s, and I had, lot, I had a circle of friends that I was extremely tight Amen. with. Amen. And, 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 I, and I was in a lot of relationships, Trey. I know that's shocking. So sure. I, you know, it's a polar opposite of what I was doing at that age. Right. But I think, you know, I think it all kind of goes, I mean, first off, as far as the spree killing, you look at this Koberger guy, he had pictures of one of the girls on his phone. He'd been fixating on her. Right. Uh, I and he was alone, f- right? He had, didn't have any relationships. He was alone. Didn't have relationships. He was, no relationships. He was a weirdo. And, and I, I think this is uh, the far edge of where that generation of young men are, because I think a lot of it is, first off, you, you could trace it back to no consistent male presence in their life, saying, get up and do something. Go out there, do something. Be a man, you know, all that right. traditional stuff. Right. I'm not saying I grew up with it either, but I, look at me. You know, <laughs> you know, but I mean, for a lot of them, there's just that male, that strong male presence just really isn't there. And so their lives are like sitting in front of the computer. And, right. And uh, relationships are a hassle. And I, I don't want to, you know, uh, this is the front end of it before we get to the porn side, okay? Front end is, well, I like playing my games. Uh, you know, the, I interact with my friends on the headphones. Maybe. It is a very disconnected way, I think, of having relationships. And there's a lot of alone time. Uh, and relationships just feel like this is something that's been relayed to me, like like a hassle. You know, I, I, I'm, am I going to be able to do what I want to do uh, being in a relationship? And so they're they're staying out of relationships by and large. And then you get into the you add the porn thing in, you know, and porn is a vortex that uh, that kind of just sucks you in. And and uh, well, it, see, you know, it's it's not real. It, it's not it's real. Not real. So None of it's real. When you, if you're spending all of your time doing that and not actually learning how, because one of the things that you, I, I know that I learned how to be in a relationship by being in a relationship. You know, well, yeah, I do it, and I failed, 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 and I still fail. I mean, I still do. You know, I still get to where I fail. And right. I have a wife who's magnanimous, got a beautiful heart, and she says, "Yeah, you screwed up, but you know, I screw up too." So let's just keep going down the road together you know and we've been we've been at it for 40 years I, I i get i get that but the only way you learn how to do it is you have to do it and if boys become young men become men sitting in a room watching porn they're never going to know how to do it and especially if you're watching porn you're not learning how to really treat a woman because those porn guys are not oh, treating absolutely. women like you're supposed to treat women right well, well no right yeah and and and, and what happens in every porn flick Dude always gets the girl, right? So you look at the Koberger, uh, and if he's on a steady diet of freaking porn, then if a woman rejects him or Bingo. doesn't just immediately want to hop in bed with him, Bingo. it's such a devastating right. rebuke 
that they want to they come back with a freaking knife, you know, or a gun or whatever. So you know? we're always I mean, it's, uh, very. Yeah. In other words, emotional immaturity. Right. It's that's is it. What eventually that, that leads to this stuff. And we're always looking for answers to like the spree killing stuff. And I'm not saying right. there's a direct connection, but I'm saying it's possible that you know we look back at these guys and all of them were loners. You know what I mean? They yeah. didn't have. Schmucks. They didn't have. Yeah, they didn't have relationship with guys either, much less relationship with no. girls. And so they go out and they perform. And now, we're always looking at the drug side of it, which I think plays a part of it as well, whether it's prescription drugs or illegal drugs. I think that plays a part in it, too. But it's also the relationship thing. And if they're sitting in a room, playing video games, watching porn all day, that's not reality. And when they go out into society, they're not dealing in a, from a position of reality. Like you said, it's, it, you said it exactly right. It's immaturity. It's social immaturity well, yeah, is what be, it is. Be, because how you, how we determine our behavior really is based upon our experiences. If yes. you have enough bad experiences at, in one aspect of your life, you know, you learn. You learn that, wow, life's going to kick your ass a bit here and there. You're not always going to get what you want. And if you want to get what you want, you got to work for it, you know, and all that. Tra- you know, again, square traditional stuff is really what leads right. to a very productive life, especially in young men. Right. Uh, and, and when it's absent and it's replaced by all this other stuff you you end up with man children you know they're they're not really fully you no. know this coburger guy, this coburger no, guy right. was not a functioning adult right you know what i mean right you know i i, I talk about my dad but i i learned how to be a man by watching him and by learning right. from him at his knee but i learned how to be a husband and i'm still on that journey and i learned how to be a daddy and now a granddaddy with my wife she's the one in this real and, and and our friends i mean we got a circle of friends too and their relationships play into it as well where you know we get together and we talk and we chat and we see and they see and we you know all that kind of stuff so we learn how to be people by being people in relationships not by being locked up behind the computer watching porn all day you're not going to learn how to be a person that way and this is really well, ba- these numbers are bad 63 percent under the age yeah. of 30 Wow. Well, and, li- and life gets away from you, as you and I know. You know, you start hitting 30, and then you start hitting 35, and yeah. then 40. You know, it really kind of picks up, and all of a sudden you wake up one day and say, wow, I- this is what I fear for them, is that you wake up one day and it's like, wow, where'd my life go? I, I am, you know, you had a great dad, and, uh, and-, and I know he's your hero, and-, and I love my dad. My dad was my hero, too. Amen. But I'm kind of the-, the opposite of this. I can stand as a testimony in that my dad was gone a lot. Uh, there was some dysfunction. There was, uh, there was nobody teaching anybody anything. I, I was the youngest of three boys, and I kind of grew up as one of those guys who sits in his room a lot. And I can tell you, when I got into my early 20s and I began my career and I started you know, being in the workforce, which was really in my teens, I got my ass kicked you know, by life because yeah. I didn't know how to do anything. Right. I, I, didn't have any, I, didn't have an, I didn't have a work ethic. I, didn't, you know, I, I thought about myself. I, didn't, I was lousy in relationships. It took me you know, a couple of decades, Figure it in out. my opinion, to kind of get to where I needed to be. And yeah. so I know that, you know, wow, life just keeps on moving. Yes, it whether does. You are or, whether you are you, or you are not. Yep. yep. And again, the dark far edge are the Coburgers who go out and do a spree killing. Right. You know, but you've got to be sad. out there. And, and in my experience, you learn from your failures. You learn more yeah, from absolutely. your failures in a relationship. <laughs> you learn oh, yeah. how to be a human being in relationships. All right, quick break. More wearing Rima coming up. The days are coming up. And i got to get a word in here quickly for Dr. Mark Habercorn over at River City Oral Surgery. River City Oral Surgery is the place to go. 
Uh, when you're talking about getting away from dental pain, if, if you want to get rid of tooth pain for the rest of your life and you want to have a great set of chompers forevermore that will outlive you, you want dental implants from River City Oral Surgery and Dr. Mark Habercorn. This is, this is a solution. It's great stuff. River City Oral Surgery, he's an oral surgeon. He's a medical doctor. He has direct patient care. So what that means is you don't have to have a reference. You can just call up or go online and go in there. In fact, I, I encourage you to go online this morning. Because the prices are there. So you know exactly what it's going to cost you before you even book your appointment. Implants, River City Oral Surgery, RiverCityOMS.com. And on the phone, 210-778-0002. Hey, it's Sean and... All right. We know it's Friday. <laughs> and yes, we're ready is. for the weekend. Yes, we are. So what day is it? It's National Tartar Sauce Day. You know, you really can't eat fried fish uh, or fish in general without a little tartar sauce. Okay. I'll, I'll just, the only thing I eat tartar sauce with is fish. Really? Uh, I don't eat it on anything else. But, really? Uh, fish, you kind of need some tartar sauce. I need Unless lots of flounder. ketchup. Ketchup. But fish? <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> you put yeah. you put ketchup on fish. I do. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I, well, you know. Hold on, hold the on. list is long. Wait a minute, Don. Get in on this. Ketchup on fish? Oh, yeah, baby. I drown it. What yeah. the hell? It's, oh. it's, it's, swimming, uh. it's swimming in a red sea of ketchup before only, I eat it. There's only, one way, there's only one way to make sure this never happens again. What? Oh. Elaine, call the cops. Ah, no, call don't the do that. Call the cops, man. You are going to jail. What's the matter? Ketchup on fish? Fish. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, baby! Red Ooh. red sea of ketchup before I bite it. Oh no, yeah, so good. I'll put ketchup on a steak before I put ah. ketchup on a fish. Man. <laughs> ketchup makes That's everything just better. Wrong. Ketchup ketchup makes everything better. You know. All right, moving right along. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now that he's made us all puke in our mouths. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to forget I heard that. I'm, what that a just doofus. didn't happen. What a doofus! God, man. <laughs> all right. uh, it's uh, na- it's World Bartender Day. Okay, kiss your bartender. I don't, I don't see many of those anymore. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, I'll, uh, bo- this- I'll volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to fix me? My metamucil? Hey, right. Don. Hey, buddy. Can you give me a metamucil on the rocks uh-huh. and make it dirty? Um, uh huh. Okay. Is there any other way? <laughs> yeah. Well, not with him. That's the first thing he does. Yeah. Got to be dirty. Yeah, I'm the only guy I know that puts olives in Metamucil. Right. Um, but do you put ketchup in there? You know, you had to bring that up again. I did, I yes. I'm about bring, push that out of my mind. I want to keep bringing it up. <gasps> ah. Trey. Yes. Uh, okay, uh, it's it's uh, National Tortilla Chip Day. Oh, Seriously. Yeah, oh. I, love I love me some tortilla chips. Every man. day, every day, Rotel tomatoes and <gasps> tortilla chips. My my crew and I is going to El Chaparral tonight. Yeah, man. that's I'm a good place. Me. I love the mm-hmm. salsa. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also, finally, Twin Peaks Day. Uh, not about the restaurant, oh, uh, but okay. the TV series, uh, which is one of my favorites. I'm a huge David Lynch fan. Gotcha. And today commemorates the first episode going on the air of Twin Peaks. Awesome. Beautiful. So that's all I got. That's it. That's it. Well, oh, and uh, Ben Stiller isn't sorry for making Tropic Thunder. That is very happy. <laughs> Badass. Like, okay, what did he need? Fifteen more minutes? <laughs> well, no, but he, people were saying people yeah. have been kind of going after him because of Robert Downey Jr. doing blackface. Yeah, because he plays a dude playing a dude talking like another dude or whatever it was. Right. 
And, uh, you know, because it's very not, that movie in general is not woke. I mean, but I, I think Tropic Thunder is probably one of the f- funniest movies I've ever seen. I think it's a, just a brilliant work of comedy. And Stiller's like, no, I because they've been saying he's apologizing. I'm not apologizing for Tropic Thunder. I'm proud of it. Okay, good. All right. Look, here, here's how I feel about apology. Quit it. Stop yes, apologizing, stop, please. You did it, and let it live. You know, a, you right. know, D- Dave Chappelle. Take the Dave Chappelle approach to your yep. life, baby. When somebody's trying to cancel you, when they're trying to get rid of you, when they're trying to call you a racist or you're transphobic or you're misogynist, tell them to go to hell. I ain't worried about that. No way. I, it, people huh. need to stop apologizing. Yeah. People need to get up on their heels. And say, you know what? I, I'm sick of this woke crap. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with not, it. I'm not going to participate. <laughs> Look, I, I can't let this segment go away. We're almost, we got a minute, but um, I, I do want to throw in the Jesus Revolution. I'm going to go see that today. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm super excited about this. Did a half hour with uh, a, a mentor and a spiritual father of mine, Bob Lapine, this morning. It's, uh, it's podcasted there on our website over there. And uh, we talked about that. And then we talked about the what we're seeing happening at colleges. Yeah. And we thought when Asbury was trying to shut it down last week, we thought it was going to go away, but it hasn't. It spread to Texas A&M, and now it's at yep. Cedarville College and uh, Lee's College. High schools are picking up on it. I don't know. It's it's impossible, I think, I think, during the time to judge a revival and say it's a revival. You have to wait until later and look back and say right. lives were changed, people came to Jesus and all that kind of stuff. But, man, it's looking really good with what's happening in our country right now. The movie opens today. It's called Jesus Revolution. If you want to go see it, I'll see you at the theater. I'm going. Let's talk some more about that next hour, though, about the whole Jesus Revolution. You want to dive into what's it? Going, yeah, about what's going on now. I, yeah, because I'm, I'm like you. I'm just, like, sucked in by it. I'm, I'm very hopeful. Okay. So let's talk about it some more, yeah. Quick break. More Warren <clears throat> Rima coming up. KTSA. Difficult people are a reality of life. One- I'm Trey. He's Sean. We are... Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was polishing my Bruno Mollies. <laughs> yeah, baby. So um, it's one year uh, of the anniversary oh, yeah. of the war that we're involved, that we are uh, prosecuting. It's our war uh, against Russia. And, of course, cut three, Jimmy. President uh, is so brave. Um, he went there... And, you know, he was under attack. Here we go. The trip that President Biden took to Kiev, as many of you reported on, was uh, historic. It was brave. Many of you talked about how we uh. heard the, the sirens wailing oh. uh, in the background as the president was on the ground. Um, I've been here for the past five days. I have not heard any explosions. I have not heard any air sirens until about half an hour ago, right when... Listen uh, to that. Biden Listen to that, how she is trying to frame that and how she's trying to change history. Play it again, Jimmy. She's trying to play change history by saying... Saying he was on the ground and the air raid sirens. You heard how brave it was. Go ahead. The trip that President Biden took to Kiev, as many of you reported on, was uh, historic. It was brave. Many of you talked about how we heard the, the sirens wailing uh, in the background as the president was on the Okay, ground. so the thing is, uh, that was all staged. There were no air-to-air yeah. attacks. 
There were no, you know, there was no raid going on. Nobody even flinched. When he walked out there and the air raid sirens went off, what do you do when you hear an air raid siren? You jump, you run, you jive, you kick, or whatever. You, you, you got those two guys, the two presidents from those countries. You surround them, you know, you stand there with right. protect them. Nobody even moved. They knew it was all, it was all planned. And now today, she's trying to change history and make it sound like he was under, oh, oh, like Hillary in Bosnia. Uh-huh. I was going to say, yeah. okay, this is the standard playbook here for these types. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And you know what's funny about the guy, the reporter, uh, going, oh, that's the first time I've heard of him. He was a CNN guy. Yes, he was. <laughs> so here, here's a CNN guy. Right. Even that guy is, is, I guess, at a tolerance level for reality uh, versus bullcrap. I haven't heard of an siren in a right. week. Right. <laughs> but, he was, he, but he was in danger, right? Oh uh, yeah, know, he he was in danger of being uh, of eating too many unisoms on the train. Probably, ride, you know what I mean, uh, or too many martinis or whatever the hell he does. So I, uh, you know, this is standard fare for Democrats who just have this obsession with changing history for their benefit. Yeah. That's what they do. So he announced while he was there five hundred million. We talked about that. He announced another two billion today. Uh, somebody, God. yeah, somebody whispered in my ear that it's going to be Blackhawk helicopters next. So we'll see if the Blackhawk helicopters get uh, requisitioned for this. Breaking down how much we have spent on this so far, it's about uh, it's upward of over a hundred and twenty billion dollars oh, so far. God, three times. Are you serious? Yeah, in one year, one hundred and twenty billion. That's three times more than what we spent in Afghanistan. And Zelensky wants more. He is now pleading again for fighter jets. I can go through and itemize all this stuff, but it's just a waste of time. But what I can tell you is that our military aid to Ukraine this year is over fifty billion. Fifty billion. Over fifty billion. And then the president just announced another two billion and more tanks and probably these Blackhawks. The next is Ukraine, or, or the UK. UK put in $5 billion. The Five e- yes, the billion. Yes, EU, $3 billion. Poland, 2 <laughs> Germany, 2 Italy, $700 million. France, $700 million. So mm. by far and away, we're at over $50 billion. The next is the UK at $5 billion. It just seems to me this is really upside down because this is the, this is their backyard. All those that I just right. mentioned, yeah, yeah, it is their backyard. And wow, yeah, a little top heavy on our side, huh? You know, uh, I. What, 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 let me ask you this: What would ten billion do on our southern border? Right. What would twenty billion do on our southern border? Right. What would five billion do on our southern border? Right. You know, uh, uh, what, what, what would what would uh, one billion do for Palestine, Ohio? Right. You know, so I it, or, it's, or fentanyl it, stopping fentanyl or fentanyl. You know, you know you're right, uh, cutting off or, the or, or uh, the, the hospitals uh, that are collapsing because of all the illegals in the hospitals. But a billion well, in the it, hospitals. What would happen if we put you know fifty billion or eighty billion towards fighting the cartels? I right. Mean, you know, the, there's all manner of ways that this money obviously could be better used towards the benefit of america but when you have an america last policy this is what you do they, they they're getting more, i mean more money significantly more money in one year than we spent in afghanistan over 20 and you cannot you cannot look at this and say wait just a minute i i don't get this and i don't care who you are if you want to support this that's fine but look at the freaking balance sheet over 50 billion in military aid 
going to uh, this this war when the UK, all of the UK is is five billion, all of the U- EU is three billion, Poland at two billion. I just went through all the numbers. God. They're not even in the game. They're not even participating no. in this. It's clear that this is America's war against Russia. We are funding the entire thing, and it has to do with their protection. <laughs> those people, I just those countries I just mentioned. Yes, <laughs> protecting them. I mean, geopolitically, yeah, this is their this is their ball game. Yeah. This is the, they're the ones who are. I mean. Uh, most impacted. Russia supplies energy for most of those uh, very same nations uh, uh, and other resources. Uh, uh, you know, the, 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 yeah, it's this is their dealio. But once again, and 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 don't bring up you know people will bring up World War Two and well, it was the same thing. No, it's not the same. No, it's not. There's really historically, there's no the reasons why this is going on have absolutely nothing to do with the reasons that uh, that g- gave us World War Two or World War One for that matter. Maybe you could. Draw some corollaries with World War One, but I think you'd be stretching it a bit. Well, and look uh, at this: if 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 we were under attack and people were trying to take us over, would they come with that kind of money? Would they be no. here with that kind of assistance for us? And the no. answer is, oh no, we would be all on our own. And Sean, I'll take it one step further: we are under attack. We are being taken over we do have a border that's under attack every day and this country that we're in right now is being taken over no they're not lobbing missiles in here they don't have to no they're not driving tanks down our streets they don't have to the door's wide open and they're coming in and taking us over well, they've, they've, you look at the communists, uh, they've always played, the, and, and look, Putin's a communist. He may not, you know, I mean, he, he's ex-KGB, so he and Xi are, you know, right there, you know, under each other's armpits, okay? We are already in World War Three. We just don't realize it, is what I think. It, it's already happening. Uh, we are under assault, I mean, on many different levels. We, they're spying on us. They're buying up farmland. Yeah, they're 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 uh, pumping the fentanyl through the cartels into this country, which kills people every day. Uh, we don't know who's coming over that border. Uh, they're you know they're I'm probably tell you, it's military people from those countries, military I'm spies and, yeah. and operatives yeah. and, and sh- shadow guys, and stuff like that. Yes, uh, you know. Plus, uh, and, and I and I I do believe that this administration. Wants this war. I, I I really think they believe that oh, if they absolutely. can make Biden into some kind of wartime president or whoever the next one is, it uh, people will look the other way from all the other bull crap that's been going on. Well, and it's working. I mean, they they are yeah. definitely getting the attention off of the border and what's happening here. Where a real right. a real but, invasion is going on right over there, and we are being taken over. And I can tell you that yes, a certain amount of the folks that are coming in going to be in a Chinese army, going to be in the Russian army. You're going to find some Iranians from the Iranian army, the Revolutionary Guard coming across the border because we don't know. We're not we're not vetting these people, and it's ignorance and and intellectually dishonest to not believe that they're sending people in here to be activated at a particular time and we're spending all of our money and all of our resources over there and i get it there's you know vlad's a bad guy he's a real bad dude but we're the ones that have to bear the brunt of this are you kidding and and look at the overall thing we're decimating our own military simultaneously oh you're gonna don't tell me it's not part of it that's got to be part of the whole damn thing 
So, you know, we're, we're getting to the point where, and you point this out all the time, where we're not going to be able to fight a distant war, let alone protect our own country. Here, you know, I mean, it's, it's I again, I think we're already in World War III. Oh, yeah, you know? no, there's just, no doubt in my These mind. guys play the long game, yeah, you know, oh, sure. uh, they really do. You're going you're gonna to love this. So not only are we emptying out our resources in terms of, well, I'm looking at M1 Abrams tanks, I'm looking at military aid where it comes to Haviland, uh, anti-armored systems, M17 helicopters that we've got in the field. And you know that the Ukrainians don't know how to operate our equipment. We're flying that stuff, no. okay? We're driving them tanks. We're flying that stuff. They don't. You can't train them in 10 minutes on how to do this. It takes years of training. But here's the part you're really going to love because it chapped my ass when I read it this morning, boy. <laughs> oh, no. So we're emptying out our reserves, and even our naval secretary has said, uh, we're running dry here, folk. We're running dry on our guns, weapons, munitions, all that kind of stuff. But we're paying to replace what UK is using over there. What? We're paying to re- yes, we're paying to replace what the European Union is using and what Poland is using. The armaments that they have put into this, we're paying to replace their armaments. I haven't heard. Are you? I I'm haven't heard serious. anything about this. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. Yes, sir. Holy crap. Read about we're it replacing the, their stuff. Yes. Read about. We're paying to replace their stuff. Read about it in the Daily Mail. It's in the Daily Mail. They broke it all down. We're sending money to those nations in the European Union to replace what they're putting into oh, the effort. We my are. God. So in a sense, we're double paying. Yes. So in a, if we're replacing all their stuff. Then they're not really giving them stuff. <laughs> we we might as well just be giving them all the stuff if we're just replacing the stuff that all these other countries are giving them. Oh, that's insanity. I'll, I'll read it right to you right here. Uh, this involves delivering supplies from the U.S. military-owned arsenal. Biden utilized the authority to send $9.2 billion, 84% worth of supplies, 84% of our supplies from our stockpiles going into this. Commander-in-Chief has used God. the USAI involving federal government contracts with the private sector eight times since April 22 to provide $7.2 billion in support. Again, 84% of our stuff. The FMF replenishes the stockpile of NATO allies uh, and he has used that three times to send $3 billion to replenish the stockpiles of NATO allies. So when they send Haviland missiles or whatever they're sending, when they send tanks or whatever, we're paying to replace their tanks. <laughs> I think NATO – I think we – if I if I were running everything, it's like, you know what, we're going to uh, part ways with this whole NATO thing because <laughs> uh, really what we are is the – you ever see a group of friends and there's one rich guy and everybody else kind of expects that because he's paid for their dinner so many times, everybody just kind of expects that guy to always pick up the tab. That's, That's kind of who we are. That is you know, us. I mean, we're just expected to take, to take care of everything. All the time. Because we're the richest country on the planet, you know. And and because we we bombed Japan, and so we'll never right. ever make up uh. for that. So anyway, all right, back in a minute. More wearing Rima coming up. KTSa. Howdy, Joe. It's rodeo time. I've been one on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSa dot com. Eight twenty two. Wearing Rima. KTSa. Um. Uh, let's see. What do I want? Where do I want to go here? Um. First off, uh, you were mentioning the Jesus Revolution. And yeah. I was kind of thinking about that because I, I, I have the book. I the book came out. They put a new edition out to kind of coincide with the movie. Uh, but the book's a few years old, and I want to read the book before I watch the movie. You're going to see the movie t- uh, tonight, Jesus Revolution. 
And uh, I was just thinking uh, about, well, Jesus. And I'm looking at this revival that is taking uh, hold. It's a spark that's, you know, bringing some flames across the country in these college campuses. These are largely young people of that are of this movement. And uh, certainly, as you said, we're not going to know the full impact of it until maybe we look at it through the lens of, of history. But it feels very hopeful and it feels very good. And we we spend so much time talking about all the bad stuff that's going on, and it's all true. But Jesus always has kind of a way of showing up, like in the final reel when you most need him. And and uh, that's kind of the feeling I'm getting from from what's going on right now. I mean, no if doubt. you look at, I, you know, I'm reading a lot of archaeological stuff about you know first century mm-hmm. Judea and, and and his era and what was going on at the time. And if you really think about it, and you know this because you've read the same stuff, that it, had Jesus not come around, just politically, had Jesus not come around when he did, the Jewish aristocracy establishment would have been set in granite for a long time. And what the Jewish faith or faith in general, Western faith is, to this day would not be what it is, obviously. There would be no Christianity without any Christianity that 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 religious establishment would have had a lock grip on on western religion and that's why it was a very it was a perfect moment for the son of god to come down now at that point and revolutionize and you know everything and change the world uh and i think we're i do i'm increasingly feeling like we're there again only now it's even more dire because we're not talking about oppressive establishments, we're talking now about the existence of the human race. So yeah. I, I know that sounds kind of heavy, but I mean, what are you? No, it's it's definitely the, we are in, in one of those they they call them inflection moments or whatever. And yeah, God always shows up in an inflection moment, and so um, we I, this this has a lot of correlation to the late 1960s with the upheaval and the turmoil and the war and all that was going on and. Um, along comes these hippies, and Lonnie Frisbee was a mess. He really was. I mean, he his personal life was a mess. He ended up dying of AIDS from homosexual activity, but he still was a was used by God to take the word of God and the and 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 Jesus Christ to an entire generation. It started over there in the Haight Ashbury district. And when I started to study this years ago, I went there. <laughs> I had to go and see where the coffee house right. was that Ted Weiss started all that, and where Lonnie Frisbee began, and then the whole movement started. And uh, it definitely, in my mind, it was a revival. Now, was it complete and total? Uh, No. And was it messy? Oh, absolutely. It was messy. Yeah. But people's lives were transformed for the better. And those people are still with us to this day. They're walking. They're breathing. They're still uh, spreading the the good message. And here we are again at a tough time in our history, world history, much less the history of this country, and we're seeing this happen again at colleges like Asbury and Lee and now A&M and now high schools across Texas. You're starting to see this movement of God. And I don't know if it's a, if it's a Joel movement where Joel 2.28 talks about your young men will see visions and dream dreams um, because that's, that truly is in times. I don't know if it's that or not, uh, but I can tell you it is refreshing to see the lives of these young people being touched in this way 
and I can't wait to get over there and see this movie. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, you're going tonight because it opens today, right? I'm going today. I'm actually going during the day. Oh, great. Yeah, because right now it's already nighttime for me. So (laughs) (laughs) It's already Friday night for you. That's right. Well, I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it. I mean, I'm I'm a huge Kelsey Grammer fan. Yes. And he's a conservative guy, and... uh, Obviously, because he's participating in this, it's not just an acting gig. This is something he really wanted to do. And it is a fascinating story, you know. And I became kind of aware of that uh, when I was around 19 or 20 because I had a girlfriend whose parents were of that generation. And they were, by their own daughter's admission, Jesus freaks. Yeah, man. And uh, baby boomers who had turned to Christ, you know, in that moment. And I got to know them a little bit, you know, and it was, it was, it, it really was at that particular moment when everything else culturally is going in the opposite direction. Yeah. The fact that this group of people, uh, were saved and, yeah. and came to Christ is, is just an amazing story. Well, one more thing about that. The music that you sing at church today came out of that movement, the, the modern day oh, right. praise and worship and all that kind of stuff, music. That came out of that movement, and I talked with Bob Lapine, who I worked with over at KSLR here many, many years ago. He's really well-known in the Christian world, and uh, he knew those guys. So, you know, wow. he knew Chuck Gerard and all those guys with Love Song and Randy Stonehill, and I could go on Larry Norman, name the names. He knew all those guys, so we shared some memories about that this morning. Uh, and that's podcasted over there, but this is, a, this is a great moment in time with all the stuff that we deal with every single day, it's great right. to have this light that is shining in America right now. Jesus always had great timing. Yes, he did. <laughs> you know, and uh, yes, and timing, he did. The older I get, the more I realize timing is everything. You yes, know? it is. <laughs> yeah. So you this know, is I, yeah, well, and it's like the song says: it only takes a spark to get a fire going. You know, yeah. I mean, we're I, I, it, it's so dark and so depressing and so gloomy. That you, th- this movement on the campuses, yes, it really is like this growing fire. Loving uh, it, and 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 I, yeah, me too. Yeah. I, it it does give me hope, let's a lot put, of hope. As Bob said this morning, let's put fertilizer on it. All right, absolutely. Uh, quick break here. More Warren Ryman coming up. This weekend is your weekend to see my friends at Blue Bonnet Chrysler Dodge Ram up in New Braunfels. Now, when you do something great one year, like you lead your industry one year, now that's impressive, right? But try leading your industry 10 years in a row. Well, that's what Blue Bonnet Chrysler Dodge Ram in New Braunfels has done. They've won the title of number one volume Ram truck dealer in Texas 10 years in a row. You know, with their super low prices, it's always truck month up at Blue Bonnet Chrysler Dodge Ram in New Braunfels. And right now, they have a great sale going on. Get $10,000 off MSRP on every new 2022 Ram 1500 Laramie and Lone Star Edition. And incredible 1.9% financing for 72 months. You'll find out more at bbdodge.com. But take that short drive to New Braunfels this weekend where you're going to save. You're going to have the best experience. Steve and his team are dedicated to your happiness. At Blue Bonnet Chrysler Dodge Ram in New Braunfels, where Price is the difference. Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy? How much bounce? Okay, how much bounce? Yeah, much more bounce. I ain't got much anymore. Eight thirty-eight. So, a couple of quick hits here. New York uh, City billionaire, financier, anybody in the world of high finance and in investing and in business would know the name Thomas H. Lee from Thomas H. Lee Capital LLC in New York City. He was found yesterday dead from a uh, self-inflicted gunshot wound, they tell us now, in his swanky New York City office. 
Um, Lee was well known in the investment uh, firm business of investing, you know, putting people together, and they're going to go in and they buy these companies and all that kind of stuff. Um, by the way, I, I need, do need to mention that he was really good friends with Bill and Hillary Clinton. I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, um, let's see here. Mm. COVID relief <laughs> money was supposed to go for what? COVID relief money was meant to go to um, oh, COVID relief? Okay. That's what we thought, yeah. yeah. But now what they're using it for across the country, like in Shelby County, Tennessee and other places, they have so much left over. I'm talking about tens of millions of dollars these cities have. They are flush with cash of COVID relief money. I think San Antonio is too. But what they're using it for now, since there's no more COVID, it's um, reparations for black folks. Oh, come <laughs> And finally, speaking of COVID, finally, what? the New York Crimes has caught up with you and me. <laughs> A report this week from the New York Crimes, mask mandates did nothing. Will any lessons be learned? There is no evidence that they, the mask, make any difference at all, says the New York Crimes. Full stop. But wait, hold on. What about the N95 masks we heard so much about? Nope, makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. The New York Crimes now saying that mask mandates were a fool's errand from the start. They did nothing to advance safety itself. The report ought to be the final nail in the mask coffin. Also this week, according to the New York Crimes, the efficacy of local COVID vaccine mandates had no effect on keeping people safe from the vaccine. In other words, masks and the vaccine mandates, all a bunch of crapola. It made no difference. None whatsoever. There you go. And didn't we kind of know that? We did. You know? We talked I mean, about it. I, look, I, you know, the, the, the CDC, I think, wasn't it the CDC that just a couple a month or so ago put out their report where they said, uh, well, the efficacy of the masks, uh, masks was only about 5% or something like that. Like, it, it really did. They really didn't. Because we were, again, I always go back to the, at the very beginning, Fauci himself was saying the masks don't work. Right. And then magically, it all became about the mask. Exactly. I was in the hospital, man, surrounded by people wearing masks. Well, where have you and went? I got and I got COVID. Correct. Okay, in the hospital. Right. I, I, I mean, every time my glasses steamed up wearing those freaking things, I was like, "Well, this obviously isn't isn't doing but, any good." But here's what I want to point out about that. So the masks were ineffective. We still see people every day. I saw two people oh, in yeah. the middle of the street yesterday wearing masks, and nobody around them. But here's the deal, Sean. <laughs> Here's the deal. So now, now the liberal media is catching up on this. You had people, first of all, attacking people physically and ber- verbally. You remember the Karens running down through Walmart? Oh, God, Where's your mask? You had people in stores attacking other people for not having a mask on. Yep. You had people being banned from Facebook. If they just said, Hey, man, masks don't work. I don't believe in masks. You're off Facebook for 30 days. Yep. You were banned for 30 days. And you had people lose their jobs over COVID vaccine mandates. And now the liberal media says none of it worked. None of it. Yet people get fired for it. Fired. But they're, but, but they're trying to be a little kind of quiet about it. Yes, they're not talking oh, about uh, it. Oh, apparently the masks didn't work very well. The vax mandates didn't work at all. So, I, you know, but... <laughs> right, because you're right. You, look, well, look, the, especially the the vax thing and the mask thing. At some point, 
became what it truly was, a political state. Control. Control. From the point of view of the authorities, it's how many of these people can we get into these stupid masks? Fauci, obvious, we heard, well, Fauci was laughing about it. That, remember, we that came out a, a couple of months ago that he, uh, behind the scenes, yes, he was sir. like uh, just laughing his ass off about getting all these people into masks. And for the people wearing the masks and getting the vaxes, it became a look at me, I'm saving people's lives, I care. You know, it became a political what, statement. What did Ron Nirenberg say? If you don't wear your mask, you're murdering people. You're murdering people. If you don't wear your mask, you know, you're going to be murdering people. Ugh. You know, and I, I'm like you. I still, every now and again, somebody will pull up next to me, and they're all alone in their car, and they got the mask on, and I'm just <laughs> I like. I just laugh. <laughs> oh, man. I laugh. What is wrong with you? They're you an know, Obama voter. <laughs> they, well, that's why I said you voted for Beto. You wanted Beto, didn't you? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> You're a Beto guy. You know, so it, it was total. what it was. I'm convinced. I'm, re- I'm 100% convinced. This was all about control so they could put the authoritarian state in over us. That's exactly all. Train people to to do whatever the government says. Okay, 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 okay. I'll follow. I'll do what you say. Okay, okay. You're, you're keeping me safe. They weren't keeping you safe. They were controlling you. That's all it was. Well, and and uh, the the damage that they did to people, especially young people and kids, Amen. is incalculable. I mean, it really is. They totally messed them over. Those kids are still messed up from all this crap they had to do with the home the thing at the home. You know, with the, with the computer learning. And then the masks, you know. I mean, we totally screwed over an entire generation of young kids yeah. uh, with this stuff. All and right. none of it worked. That's right. <laughs> Quick break, and the New York Times is saying it. Quick break, more wear and rhyming coming up. Well, it's rodeo time. And that means it's Deets tractor time. And soon to be mowing season. And this is your mowing headquarters at Deets Tractor. Of course, they got the LS tractors and all the big ones, you know. They got the big big cabs with the stereos and the AC and the heat and all that kind of stuff where you're comfortable working outside. Right. I know. I love the LS. In fact, I'm, I'm online. There's several videos of me online driving those LS tractors all over the place. Gonna love them. But uh, when it comes to mowing and cutting right here in your quarter acre or you got a half acre or a full acre here in town, whatever, they got it for you, Deets Tractor Company, and they've got the crazy, crazy deals during rodeo time on the mowers. Price to blow them out. Over 160 mowers on the ground in Seguin at Deets Tractor Company lined up, ready for you to come pick yours out and take it home. With the best prices anywhere at any time, high-quality zero-turn mowers available at Deets Tractor Company right now in Seguin on I-10 and online at DeetsTractor.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds. 